This is your EE Times Weekly Briefing. Today is Friday, March 15th, and these are the top stories this week. NVIDIA has agreed to buy networking IC vendor Mellanox Technologies for $6.9 billion. For this acquisition, NVIDIA reportedly outbid Intel, showing that the battle over chips that go inside data centers rages on. Dylan McGrath explains why this deal matters. This week, we saw the deal announced by NVIDIA that it had agreed to pay $6.9 billion to acquire Mellanix. This is a pretty interesting deal for a couple of different reasons. For one, it apparently outbid Intel to get Mellanix, and I find that significant because this is going to give NVIDIA a real boost in its kind of head-to-head battle with Intel for the data center business. NVIDIA's already made some pretty good strides in recent years selling GPUs for data processing in the data center, and this is going to give it an opportunity to bolster its solution, to provide a more complete solution that includes the interconnect technology as well. So that is something to watch. I also think it's very much uh, significant because after a couple of years of real record-breaking merger and acquisition activity in the semiconductor industry, We've seen a real lull now the past couple years, and that's largely been blamed on kind of regulatory uncertainty, trade tension, a trade war. People aren't sure what's going to be approved and what's not. So this uh, deal is going to have to clear all the regulatory hurdles, including China. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of speculation now that semiconductor vendors are going to be watching this very closely to see if China is going to approve of this and what that might mean, uh, potentially setting off a whole nother wave of big mergers and acquisitions in the industry. Dylan McGrath, EE Times. In a separate M&A move, EE Times reports that Facebook has acquired Sonics a privately held IP supplier specialized in on-chip network and power management technologies. Here's Junko Yoshida on a story behind the story, how EE Times advanced the story from what started out as just an industry rumor to the actual M&A deal Facebook later called EE Times to confirm. Junko also explains how the interconnect IP has become a hot technology and who are left as independent interconnect IP suppliers. Facebook has bought Sonics. It turns out this was one of the breaking stories we reporters really enjoy doing. Here's a bit of the backstory. First, we heard the industry rumor, but neither Facebook nor Sonics confirmed the deal. That left us in a little bit of a quandary. We wanted to advance the story, but we didn't have all the facts on our side yet. Late Tuesday night, I just came back to Paris from an all-day meeting in Lyon. I was dead tired. But first, I talked to Ateris, based in California, Sonic's rival, to find out what they know. I asked my colleague, Dylan, in California for help. While I was getting some sleep, Dylan did a great legwork. He found out that Sonic's key executives have already changed their LinkedIn pages overnight, listing Facebook as their new employer. Dylan's discovery allowed us to move our story forward. After we posted our original story early Wednesday morning, Facebook called us and confirmed that Sonics is now officially a part of Facebook. Sonics technology will be initially used in Facebook's AR, VR products, according to the company spokesperson. So that's a little bit of story behind the story, how we got here. But Facebook's move to acquire Sonics is significant for two reasons. First, 
This shows an emerging trend whereby big system companies like Apple and Tesla and platform vendors like Google are designing their own system on chips for captive use. Now, count Facebook in among them. Second, this deal also indicates the growing importance of、uh, interconnect IP in system on chip designs. Every designer of complex, high performance SOCs needs it because interconnect must be there to manage the data flow. System on chip market does not tolerate too many different interconnect architectures, according to Charlie Yannick, CEO of Arteris. He told us the market favors one or two. Now that Sonix is gone and another interconnect IP provider, NetSpeed, was already snatched up by Intel last fall, Arteris could well be the only choice left for SOC designers looking for. Network on chip technology. This is Junko Yoshida, EE Times. The Linux Foundation had its first annual Open Source Leaders Summit this week in Half Moon Bay. Rick Merritt reports how Linux has grown with the rise of web giants. On March 12th, the Linux Foundation hosted what it called the Open Source Leadership Summit in the tawny Ritz Carlton in the coastal town of Half Moon Bay. And it was really a sign of The growth of the Linux Foundation and the open source movement、uh, that got its start with just you know, creating Linux as a standard operating system instead of all the different flavors of Unix every different computer maker was selling. So, you know, we've obviously gone through many eras of bringing that into consumer electronics and automotive. Most recently, there's a whole Linux networking division now, which does all kinds of open source work above the operating system for telcos who were trying to move off from proprietary systems and manage most of their networks using just standard、uh, x86 servers. So, no surprise at this open source summit,、uh, there w a s plenty of web giants there interested in different initiatives that they're working on. Google, Facebook, Netflix, Amazon were all there, and, and the whole second and third tier of web services companies. But for us, for me, the most interesting thing was that there was hardware there too for the first time in, that I can remember.、Uh, five members of the RISC-V community. Gathered together to create something they called the Chips Alliance. And they want to do open source IP、uh, so that people can build SOCs from these blocks and open source tools so they can create an open source design flow to build them、uh, all around RISC-V right now. So, what the Linux Foundation people tell us is this is just the beginning, that there's multiple open source hardware projects in the pipeline. So, It's been a hard road for open source hardware, but this is the biggest push I've seen on it. We'll see if there's more behind it. This is Rick Merritt in Silicon Valley for EE Times. I'm joined now by Balaji Ojo and Junko Yoshida. Junko, of course, covers the automotive beat for EE Times. And Balaji has just returned from the auto show in Switzerland with an interesting perspective on the auto industry and where it's headed. Welcome to you both. Now, Balaji,、uh, tell me about the show in Geneva. Yes, this last weekend I was at、uh, the 
auto show in Geneva, uh, in Switzerland. Uh, it's the first time I will be attending that particular show. It's a massive show. And I thought, well, you know what, with all of the talks about how, you know, companies want to make sure that electronics go into vehicles, that it was an opportunity for E-Times to explore how they are infusing, you know, cars with electronics. So I kind of like just marched down there and thought, hey, let me, let, let's check it out. Uh-huh. Was there something specific you were going there to look for? My focus was on looking at, you know, how and uh, why companies are installing more electronic gadgets in, in, in vehicles. Was the show well attended this year? I mean, the crowd there was massive. Nice. Wow. For me, though, what I found most interesting was that when I decided to go for the, to this auto show, the last thing on my mind was driving there. I wasn't going to drive. <laughs> so I decided to take the train. I mean, it, the, for Switzerland, you know, as you can imagine, I mean, the trains work fantastically well. Right. Uh, the auto show was taking place, you know, right by the Geneva airport. Mm-hmm. And there are trains going straight to the airport from my house. So I went straight by train to this <laughs> auto show. So uh, in other words, you're saying you, you opted out of driving yourself to the auto show. Right. Am, I, am I understanding that correctly? I, I didn't want to drive first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But, but I didn't have to drive. I could take mass transportation. Right, right. I could sit in the train and observe the scenery, look outside and all that stuff, watch the the lake and, and all that stuff, and arrive straight at... I mean, once I got out of the train, it took me five minutes of walking up staircases to get to the auto right, show ground right. itself. But hang on, you just said something interesting. So you said that once you're on the train, you could see the scenery, you could relax. Isn't that the very idea of autonomous driving these days? That's the concept, Junko. I think one of the, one, one thing that I can tell you from this event was that most of the vehicles there, the new ones that are being shown, everybody wants to show, you know, how they are using electronics to set the driver free. So you don't have to drive. Right. Um, you can sit back and yeah. read and do some work and all that stuff. Yeah. All right. of that I did, yeah. you know, in the train. So for <laughs> me, that was kind of ironic. Well, I mean, it's quite good to see, right. you know, all of the e-vehicles and things like that. All yeah. of them were there. And yeah. we have on e-times, we have the pictures to show right. that, you know, the industry is able to achieve all of this. Yeah. But... I thought it funny on my way out that yeah. I was getting back into a train yeah. where I could do exactly that. The same thing. Yeah. That you, the future is already here. That's what you're saying. And the future is already there. And I also didn't have to kind of wrestle with the steering. I didn't have to wrestle with the heavy traffic, uh, right. rain on the road and all of that. I didn't have to do anything. From the train station to the show, five minutes walk. From the transition back at home uh, to the house, 100 meters, 15 minutes walk. Right. You know, Junko, uh, it strikes me as ironic that here we have this major global auto industry show being hosted in in a city that has such well-established and progressive transportation infrastructure. Right. And that sort of tells us something that the future of automotive industry is really in a, almost in a dire state. No? I think that the industry really wants to step back mm. and assess where it is. 
some of the actions being taken to make the vehicle appealing to drivers. I'm not sure it's really going to work. You're not going to win me over by telling me I could sit back and watch uh, the machine drive itself. Because, excuse me, please, the train does that and delivers it neatly for me already. You're not going to sit back and say to me that, you know, the, you know by me not driving, that, uh, you know, I'm going to avoid congestion. Yeah. That's still going to take place. And yeah. the train, by the way, cuts down congestion. So in some ways, you know, I, I would rather, you know, work as hard as I can to be able to afford first class in the train <laughs> than sit in a car, right. Junko. Okay. You did show me some of the pictures you took at the show. And I was taking back some of the really classical looking cars that you actually took pictures of. Tell right. me, tell me more oh, about that. I yeah. love those cars. <laughs> I mean, look, we are in the electronics business. Yes. We write about electronics. And you and I both love electronics. But believe me, if I'm gonna buy a car. It's going to be a manual transmission car. I want to hold yeah. the steering. I want to right. swing the gears from one to two, three to four, five. And I want to be able to, s- to hear the wheels squeal. If I want to <laughs> buy a car right now, I want to make sure that it's a car I can actually take apart myself, have some oil on my hand. Maybe it's a man thing, but the reality is this. You know what? Um, autonomous driving is good. Okay, uh-huh. but it doesn't solve all of the problems that we know are associated with right. the road transportation system the way we have it right now. Yeah. Mm. Balaji, fascinating perspective as always, and uh, thank you both so much for joining us. Thanks. Thank you very much. This has been your weekly briefing from EE Times and the Aspen Core Global Service. Thanks for listening.